daydreaming about dragons reply show captured reply shows don't have numbers they've got code words so that is the code word for this reply show and i got a really cool clear crisp reply from my good friend storm cook i will have a link in the show notes to storm's threadless shop which i helped him put together uh fair warning i i get a cut of of what you buy there but uh he's a guest and i think you know he he, he took the time to record a, an amazing thing and so i'm gonna link his shop and check it out uh we've got a thank you card for gms that i think could be the next hot thing so check it out look at his art uh, it's really amazing and the the t-shirts we're making from it together are really fun so check that out look in the show notes uh so here without further ado let's talk to storn or listen to storn for uh, about three minutes and then i will come back and talk about what he has inspired because he's inspiring here we go Hi, Judd. Yeah, I'm catching up on a backlog of episodes of your podcast, and I came on Pawn episode 91, and that had the being captured scenario and what to do and not coming up with a solution if you are the GM. Uh, reminds me of this one time when my princeling po political hostage was beat down by this wandering knight and taken prisoner. It was quite disheartening at first, but then I reminded myself at the time that this happens all the freaking time in adventure literature. How many times has Conan been conked on the head? Or Tarzan? And they escape. That's the adventure. That's the cool part. So I came up with a solution, and that was to get enough slack on the rope while being dragged by a horse and suddenly dash under the horse's belly using the rope to trip the poor animal, breaking its leg. An abhorrent, abhorrent task for my horse clan princeling. And throwing the knight where I could beat the stuffing out of him with a rock. Oh, wait a minute. That GM was you. Yeah, just kidding. I, you know, I know you remember that story, but... My point is, I think there's something seriously we need to discuss about being captured in D&D &D specifically. And I think one of the things that worked there in that campaign and doesn't work in a lot of D&D &D situation, or I should say at least worries the players in lots of D&D &D, uh, situations, is this. We didn't overly care about the gear in that game. Losing my bow or my sword, that stuff is replaceable. In the same campaign... Oddly, selling your staff in order to buy appropriate uh, court uh, attire had emotional weight because you had decided the staff had sentimental weight, as well as it being the only weapon for your broke mageling. So, you know, you weren't captured, but there was sort of a, a loss of equipment there temporarily, and you did get the staff back eventually. But in D&D, &D, it might not be that easy. Because, you know, losing your gear, which you've spent a lot of time acquiring, and, and that stuff is unique. The Shadowthorn Rapier, which is plus two and plus four versus Divine Critters, is not easily replaced. The Staff of Ages is not easily replaced. So when a party or PC gets captured, the fear of losing really important gear is there. And of course, one can always say, this is only temporary, you're going to get it back. Um, and, and it can be a call to adventure within itself. The conniving Duke and Drizzy has fled with the Shadow Thorn. He's a week ahead of you, heading for the Empire of Dust. What do you do? But still, I think there needs to be an acknowledgement in a D&D &D world about what capturing means about equipment. And it's the part of the reason why captured party scenarios can be a particularly tricky one for lots of GMs and lots of players. Love the podcast. Keep on keeping on. Storn is 100% correct. I absolutely remember 
that game of Burning Wheel that we played. It was a one-on-one -on -one game. We would just sit for hours and play it. It was incredible. And then what I love is after each mini arc, my favorite thing that we did is we would fast forward the timeline to kind of the next interesting thing and switch. So he would GM and I would play. And then we'd switch and he would play and I would GM. And and ugh, I loved it. It was it was an important game and to me uh, in my development. And I remember, of course, I remember the time his 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 you know horse prints got captured. And one of the things I I was doing at that point is we we were talking about uh, sword and sorcery a lot between the two of us and just the genre and how we got into it. And so I started rereading the Elric books and and I had read other books before that, but Elric was the one that it felt like it was mine. You know what I mean? I I, I felt like that was the first one that that. It wasn't the first one that grabbed me. It was just the first one that for whatever reason I felt ownership of. I, I can't explain it any more than that. And rereading the Elric books in order of publication, it was interesting that the first short story with Elric, he is captured. Stormbringer, his, his infamous rune sword is taken from him. He is dumped outside of a castle, powerless, feeling weak without his, the drugs that gave him strength, without his sword that gave him strength. His friends are at the tree line watching for him and they want to go help him, but they can't because they don't want the, the sorcerer who dumped him outside to know that they're there. So Elric, the protagonist, has to crawl to the forest. And that's our introduction to Elric. And... So when 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 Storm got captured and started getting tense, we we had that talk, and I could feel him getting tense, and I just thought it was awesome. And once we reframed it, it was awesome, and and we just like like touched base and got our trust back, and it was really a cool moment. It, it was a big learning moment for me, of of being aware of my friends at the table and and touching base with them when they're feeling it. I think getting captured is a whole could be a whole segment on its own. And I just answered a question on Reddit. And I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, where the, someone came online and asked, what should I do? My brother's character got captured by Strahd, the, the ultimate vampire in the D&D &D setting mythos. And I think he's going to die next game. I don't see anything else to do. What can I do? My, my, my brother is playing this, this, you know, rogue assassin and he's captured by Strahd. What, what I, he's going to die. So let me tell you, there are other options. I feel like people forget that adventurers have skills that not everyone has. They've got a skill set that's very valuable. And as soon as he said, my, my brother is a, an assassin, it clicked for me, right? Strahd has captured this assassin and he's going to, he says, you know what? You want to see your friends again? There's someone I need killed in a neighboring domain of dread. Go kill them for me and I'll send you right back to your friends. Right? Because Strahd is pompous, but Strahd can't leave Barovia. So, and I said, you know, have that character go do a job. 
you can you know, do it as a one-on-one game. I didn't say this, but what, what I suggested was re-roll, have everybody roll up characters who are, uh, you know, assassins on the job who are, are either hired by Strahd or are blackmailed by Strahd to go do this thing. And then pick another domain of dread and, and see how the other domains work. Maybe you learn something about Barovia from being in a different domain, right? And it's cool. It, it's a, like doing a job for Strahd is cool. And maybe you try to find your way around it. So one of the the player character is, you know, one of the other players, uh, you know, tries to get you. I don't know. I think there are so many cool options for that and dramatic options and so much better than Strahd kills you. Right? Uh, like having to go and do a job for Strahd so that he doesn't hurt your, you or your friends. That's awesome. And I wouldn't, I would talk to the player about it. Obviously, I would I would say, hey, Strahd's I've got an idea for an adventure. So if you go along with this, you know, let, let's talk about it out of game, what your options are. And and if the player is just going to run away and run back to his friends, that's not really fun. Uh, you know, let's let's send him through the mists knowing that he can't get away. And if, and if you try to get away, I'm going to kill you. You know, Strahd is going to is, is going to be like, oh, I can't I can't make a deal with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to have you killed. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, have him killed without die rolls, but I'm saying you're going to be alone out in the woods and Strahd's going to send his folks after you. And Strahd is the land and the land is Strahd. There are better options. The cooler option is do a job for Strahd, get some blood on your hands, assassin. So when you're captured, I think there are so many interesting other options. Uh, and, and we can look at, all kinds of inspiration points for, for what that means. And I, I did this in an old, old game. Uh, a, a PC got captured by a red dragon and the red dragon and the, the player character was a bard who had incredible diplomatic skills. And the dragon said, I'll let you go, but you have to go to the Githyanki city of Tanarath and negotiate for a Githyanki legion to come help me. And I had this thing in game. So there, there's this, there's this part of the mythos of, of uh, the Githyanki is that they have a pact with red dragons dating back to, to the ancient times. And so I had this, thing I made up where a Githyanki once in their lifetime, or not a Githyanki, a red dragon once in their lifetime can send a representative to Tanarath, the Githyanki capital city, and petition the Lich Queen for a legion of Githyanki. And this dra red dragon was bending the rules and saying, I not only want one legion for myself, I want a legion for my children. So I want four legions. And we had this cool adventure where where this this hobbit diplomat got to go and 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 represent a red dragon so much cooler than killing the, the hobbit so much cooler than just incinerating them so remember that your players are cool you know it links back to uh, apocalypse world and be a fan of the characters and that doesn't mean that there's no consequences to their actions and um, we'll talk more about consequences in the next episode, actually. So very timely. So anyway, yeah, Storin, 
and 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 Soren, I think you got, sometimes when you get, when you get captured, you've got to step out of game and you've got to talk to players, right? Uh, because maybe there's a lot of trauma in people's lives regarding having their movement limited. So you know, if they were locked in their house for years when they were kids as a main punishment by their abusive parents, maybe we figure out something else to do when they're captured. Maybe we like, we start the game with them running free and, and we, we just change it up a little bit or, or something uh, so that players don't have to relive a trauma because you know, it's fraught and it, and it can be really frustrating and we need to step outside the game. And you, you, you've caught, you've caught, I think you, what you said about, about, you know, taking things away from players and all of that, I think is super important. And, and they felt like they've really earned it. They felt like they really worked for it. So yeah, we need to talk about all that. And also you can, you can, you know, say, Hey, you know, it's going to be a fun game to steal all that stuff back. That'll be fun. So there's fun stuff out there. I think we just need to be really careful when 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 players are captured and just shift gears from in-game to out-game and, and talk about this stuff. Thank you, Snorin. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I will also have a link in the show notes to Snorin's amazing YouTube channel. So check that out. Click on that. Uh, he's doing really interesting things, showing the link between art and gaming in ways that I don't see too many people doing. And he has a really unique perspective. He's got so many years. And, and I, I like to play a game when I go in the used bookstore. How long does it take me to find an RPG with Storn's art in it? It's usually about two and a half minutes. I haven't been timing myself real carefully, but it doesn't does not take me long. If you'd like to play that game, it's a fun game to play in the RPG section of your used bookstore. How long until you find a Storn Cook piece? Probably not long. So check out his YouTube channel. It's really cool. Uh, thank you for listening. This is a reply show. It is not a gen this is not the structure of the general show. If you would like to support my show, uh, you can do the three R's of support, reply, review, or remunerate. And if you'd like to know more about those things, you can listen to a regular episode and I will go all into it. But for now, we're out of here. This is really long for a reply show because the reply was just so damn good. Talk to you soon.